Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew chapter 24, we'll start in the, um, uh, we'll start in verse 1, I guess. We'll start in verse 3. It says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be, will be the sign of your coming and, and, and of the end of the age. Now I'm going to talk about something uh, tonight I uh, had on my heart to talk about and uh, well, we'll get to it. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceive you. How many of you know that it's important that we not be deceived? There is deception all over the place. There are so many voices trying to deceive you and to convince you that what's up ain't up and what's down ain't down and and what's right isn't right and what's left isn't left. So many things out there to deceive you. We have to make sure, take heed, be careful that no one deceives us and that includes ourselves. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, take heed that no one deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and, and deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It says here, see that you are not troubled. We have to also take heed not to be deceived and take heed that we're not being troubled. Amen. For nation, verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginnings of sorrows. In verse 9, he, he's, remember he's talking here to the Jews. So we can keep this in perspective. He's, verse 9, it said, Then he'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Think about the nation of Israel right now. Does this describe them more than any time? I mean, they have been persecuted. Now, obviously, they've been persecuted. They made some really bad decisions. They, as a nation, they rejected the Messiah. And uh, I will say this, you know, uh, it did open a big door for us. But... They did reject their Messiah. I mean, think about right now, how many different missiles and rockets are aimed at the nation of Israel right now? If, you don't, if you're not aware of the fact that right now that, that the world is gathering around the nation of Israel, there are people surrounding them at this very hour. Do you know that? You know, it's easy to live in America and think that this is all that goes on. It, there's a, it's a big world out there, and the, 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 the forces of darkness and, and evil is surrounding the nation of Israel right now. It says, they will deliver you up for tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my, for my name's sake. Why do these nations hate them so much? We, I, you can't even explain it. It's absurd, really, why they hate them so much. And then many will be all offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and, and because of lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. How many know that that should not apply to us? But how many know if we're not careful, that could apply to us? The love of many will not will grow cold. I don't want to be in that number, do you? No, we don't want to be in that number. It says, but he who endures to, endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then, then the end will come. A little bit of country in my voice there. And then the end will come. <laughs> uh, I just want to talk a little bit tonight about uh, the coming of the Lord just for a little bit. Uh, this evening, and, and um, 
I'll, I'll say this, you know, it's sad that this topic is seen as, seen as crazy by many. That it, you do realize that many see this as crazy. And I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm not talking about people in the church. To think about the subject or the turn of the Lord is, is something foolish to even be talked about. But um, I did a series on the to return of the Lord back in 2009. It's hard to believe it's been almost eight years ago. Well, it has been eight years ago. And uh, some stats I wrote down for that. It says that it's mentioned more than 300 times. The re- Christ's return, his second coming is mentioned more than 300 times in the New Testament. It's an average of once and one time in every 26 verses it's mentioned. Paul's epistles have more than 50 references to it. In comparison, he talks about the baptism 13 times in the epistles. But he talks about the return of the Lord 50 times. It's eight time, there are eight times more references to the second coming of Christ than the first. Whole books of the, of the, of the, uh, of the Bible, first, first and second Thessalonians, Revelations, and entire chapters in Matthew 24, 25, Mark uh, 13, Luke 21 are devoted to the subject. And Jesus even urged his disciples or his followers to watch and be ready about 50 times in the New Testament. That Jesus commanded that we, what, watch and be ready. You know, it's something that, that if you've been around any length of time here, it's something that, that, that I, I personally love and, and, and uh, love to talk about and, and, and uh, am look, looking forward to. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail tonight about certain things, but this subject ought to be something that's on, that's on our mind. Wish I had more than five friends here tonight. This is something that we should have on our mind. But I know that because I've been there, it's easy to get distracted by stuff that's going on and not be on your mind. Somebody the other day said something about, uh, maybe it was Eric this morning, I don't know who it was, but had mentioned, you know, these storms that have come our way here recently. And, you know, what better way of the enemy, a tactic, even a, 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 a strategy, these things, we know the things that cause destruction, they're not of God. But what, what, a, what, a, what a tactic the enemy would have, things that would cause destruction to keep our mind off our job. I've got a friend of mine, somebody I grew up with, and she lives in Houston. Her husband and their family live in Houston, and very nice house, nice neighborhood, you know, and, and uh, she put up some pictures. I don't get on Facebook hardly ever, but this last week I got on there to do something, and I think I was posting something for the church, and so her picture just happened to be up right on the top of my news feed. And, uh, you know, they live in, in one of the suburbs of, of uh, Houston, and every wall in their house is completely, they've torn off all the sheetrock, all of the insulation of every wall in their entire house has completely been ripped out. She had a picture of her front yard. Everything that was in her house is now in their front yard. And they had pictures of when it flooded that their bedroom, you know, their, their mattress in their bedroom was about chest high floating in the water. And it was just everything. She had her pictures. She put her family pictures up on one of their dressers. It was out of the water, but everything else was floating. The dining room chairs were floating. And uh, it must be some light dining room chairs. They're floating. But anyway, I mean, stuff was, flo- I mean, it's just a complete mess. And she put a picture. Her whole house was just, just completely had been emptied out. Nothing left in it. Everything out in the yard. How I many you know when something like that happens, it's kind of a distraction and, and interrupts your life? Right. I mean, we've been without power. You know, Mark talked about the, the, the love of power, having AC and, and how wonderful it is. How many know that just that disrupted our lives? Well, there's a lot of disruptions that are out there and the enemy tries different things to get our attention off of what we've been called to do. And our primary focus is reaching the lost. That's our primary focus. Why? Because that's what we're here to do because time is short. 
time is really, really short. Like I said, you know, many in the church, when you talk about this stuff, they, they begin to think really it's bad teaching. It's bad. It's bad information, but people think it's crazy or they get freaked out and scared by it. It's not a scary thing. And it's also not a crazy thing. He is coming back. Woo, he's coming back. He's coming back. And, and the fact is this scripture says, and then the end will come. It's coming. <laughs> and it's the end of this. It's not the end of everything. It's the end of this stage. And then a new age begins. A new life begins. There's a new chapter that's about to be written. And it's a part that, that depending upon where your address is, you want to be a part of it. Right? And, and we get the opportunity to not only for our lives now to make sure that our address is right, but those we come into contact, their address is right for what's coming next. But the end will come. And, and and the idea that it'll just keep waiting and waiting and waiting is really, is unscriptural. It will come to an end. I said it will come to an end. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's something that, that really, how many have heard about the Revelation 12 prophecy that's being talked about? If you have, let me see your hands. Only a couple of hands go up, huh? Yeah, the one, the one they may, most people, people don't even want to, people don't want to raise their hand when I ask that question. Because they think, no, I'm going to say for, for the record, I'm not saying anything's happening this coming Saturday. Look over with the Revelations chapter 12. We're just going to look at it for just a second. And this is just reference. Revelations chapter 12. In verse 1, it says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a a woman clothed with the sun, with a moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now, you know that the book of Revelation uh, is prophecy given uh, about, for the most part, prophecy given about the the things that which are to come and things that happen uh, during the last days, during the tribulation, different things. And so, and, and to be honest with you, I, I'm not an expert. By any means, am I an expert on, on this? Uh, by any means, any stretch. Y'all say he's not an expert. Good. We're all in agreement. I'm not an expert. Um, amen, somebody said. And uh, you're probably not an expert either on this. And so we're, we're in good company. Amen. I know there's some people who avoid reading the book of Revelation in general because they don't understand it. And if you fall in that category, you don't have to raise your hand. But, but I do like to read it and just, and just question, what, what is this talking about? What is that talking about? But it, it is talking about things that will come to pass. And there has been this uh, uh, for a while now. There are those who follow Bible prophecy that uh, believe that this coming uh, weekend... Um, that we've got the constellation. And like I said, I don't know all the details, nor am I going to get into all the details uh, about it. But there's a constellation in the sky, and is that Virgo? Yes, Virgo. And uh, alignment of, of stars that are, uh, that are taking place, and the crown uh, of, there's usually nine stars in a, in a, that make up a crown in a constellation, and there'll be 12. There are three planets. That's the constellation Leo, and three planets are moving into alignment. Uh, that's going to be happening uh, this coming weekend uh, on the 23rd, I guess it's probably, you know, in, in Jewish time over where they are. Uh, but anyway, uh, it'll be happening this weekend. I don't think we'll be able to see it where we are. It'll only happen on the, they'll be able to see it on the other side of the planet. But, um, uh, these things are happening and, and, you know, like I said, not going to go into all these details, but I know there are people out there who are talking about it. 
and discussing it. And whether you uh, wanted to admit that you know anything about it or not, that's fine. But uh, there are things that, that people are speaking of. And, and even as I'm talking, I can see on some people's faces a, a, that is the most ridiculous thing in the world to even discuss stars, moons, planets, what's going on. Like I said, I'm not validating anything. But, you, but there is this perception amongst people certain groups of the body of Christ where these things are, are considered to be completely ridiculous. Go with me over to um, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, the first chapter. Are y'all still with me or did I lose you when I said constellations and, all right, y'all know people are packing their bags running for the door. Don't do that. In Genesis chapter 1, Verse 14, then God said, let there be lights in the firmament. Now, this is in the creation process, a history of creation. Verse 14, then God said, let there, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Now, he created in the very beginning, you know, how many know that God's pretty smart? He's pretty much got everything figured out, right? But that's kind of an understatement of the night that God is kind of smart, Right. And he created these things in the very beginning. He says here for signs even, that these things are put into place for a sign, not just for seasons and days and years, but also for a sign. Uh, go with me over to uh, Luke, the 21st chapter. Now we read in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus answering their question, what will be the sign of the end of the times or the end of days? And then this is uh, how Luke recorded it here in Luke 21. I did say 21, right? Yeah, Luke 21. In Luke, the 21st chapter, in verse 25, it says, There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, he, he's giving things. Uh, make, uh, uh, what is a sign? It's something that you read, right? It's something that you take notice of. It's not the event happening, but it is a sign of something. It is uh, pointing to something. Now, I will say this. As believers, we shouldn't need signs. We have the blood of Jesus. We have his word, right? But at the same time, to, to say that these things aren't legitimate would be to be denying God's plan. Would be to, would be to, would be object. Now, who, who said this here in Luke 21? And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth. Who said this? Right? Jesus himself said this. Of course, we also know, you know, when Jesus was born, there were the magi that, that followed a star to find, to find Jesus. Now, we don't think that was weird, but they were looking in the sky, followed a star, and found the Savior of the earth, the, the Messiah. I will say this, that there, there, is it possible there are some folks maybe that have come before us that know some things we don't know? Yeah, it's possible. And we do know, based on what Jesus said and what God's word says, that these things are placed as a sign. Can, can we all agree that that's what the Bible says? That's what Jesus said? Um, we'll go over to Acts chapter 2, Acts the second chapter. Y'all just bear with me for a minute. Pastor Greg has lost his mind. I did a long time ago. <laughs> And you should lose yours as well. It's called being renewed, right? <laughs> Not that I have it all figured out. 
I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I've got it all figured out, y'all. Relax. Uh, <laughs> but in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, it says, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Do we have any problem with that? No. And in fact, we were instructed in God's word to seek after spiritual gifts, to seek to prophesy, to desire. Were, were we not to desire to prophesy? Are y'all out there? We, we, were, we were told to do that. Well, you know, that old men having dreams and young men, I'm still having visions, but young men having visions and old men dreaming dreams. Uh, these are things that were spoken and, and they're of God. Now, we're not to go looking for dreams and visions and I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm going to have a vision. I'm going to have a dream. Uh, that should not be our approach, but we should be open to these things because his word promises them. You do realize that we are supernatural beings. We are not natural flesh and blood people. We do have a body, but we are spirit beings and there is a higher order to things that's out there than just what we can see and what we know. We have a mind, but we don't know everything. It wasn't that long ago that human humanity believed the earth was flat. And if you sailed into the sunset, you was going to fall off. How many know that that's not true? It's, 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 it's not true. Okay. In case you're wondering, you're not going to fall off. You may get lost, but you're not going to fall off. But they believe that. Just because people have a certain opinion of things doesn't mean it's the truth. And I will say this, just because all the knowledge we have doesn't mean we're right. We don't know everything. And there are, there are, there was some information, obviously that, you know, the wise men, whoever, they knew some things about some, some of this stuff. And God did set some things up as signs for us and, and for humanity and, and to ignore those things and be just completely unaware of them, I think is, is foolish personally. I think it's irresponsible to be unaware of those things because if God said these things that he would set these things in the earth, we should be aware of them. I'm not saying we base our life upon them, but we should be aware of them. We should be, we should, we shouldn't think it's weird when God, what God says will happen happens. We ought not think that odd. But going back to this, the, the Revelations 12, this will eventually happen. This is a sign that will eventually take place. Now, whether or not I know that, that and I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but this particular constellation is something that happens every 12 years, uh, Virgo lining up. Uh, but it is unusual that Leo would be happening at the exact same time that these three star or three planets, I don't know which ones they are, would line up as, with it as well and make the 12 stars that are on this crown at the exact same time is very unusual. It is a very unusual thing. You know, the other day I was, I got online and, and one of the news agencies had put up a story about the coming apocalypse that Christians are talking about. And it was talking about numerologists and people, which I don't understand that stuff at all. I'm talking about planets crashing each other. And so I was like, whatever. And so there's this whole thing that this stuff is crazy, but the Bible does talk about some of these things happening, right? And, uh, you know, the thing about this coming Saturday is, is, uh, uh, it's unusual because it does fall on the feast of trumpets. There's a whole bunch of things around it that are very unusual that are happening that are very much out of or the ordinary. And there's a minister friend I know, and maybe you've seen his posts, you know, in the last few years, we've had a bunch of blood red moons and other things that have happened and people make fun of that stuff. Now, 
like I said, I'm not saying that I believe anything's going to happen Saturday. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm saying we should live aware that there, there is something coming and the end of this age is approaching us. And when things are happening, that we not scoff at it, that we take it as an opportunity to evaluate where we are and what we're doing and making sure that we're ready to meet our Savior. Now, I know in times past, there's been people who've, who have calculated when they believe the Lord will return. There are people who have gone out and run up their credit cards because they were convinced of a certain day. And the thought was, I won't have to pay it because he's going to come back before the bill comes due. That is dumb. Right? That is called irresponsibility and maybe theft. I'm not sure. But, but that is, God can honor that. I question those people from the very standpoint. If you think the return of the Lord is an opportunity for you to get stuff, there's something wrong with your heart. The return of the Lord ought to be something that spawns you to reach somebody versus go out and get a jag you've always wanted. Right? But this stuff has happened, and, it, and because of people's stupidity, it has caused there to be a, a, a cloud over anybody who talks about this kind of stuff. And the truth is, I can feel it from people tonight. But Jesus said that that these things would be signs to us. God put them in the beginning as signs. And now I'm telling you, I don't know everything about them. I'm not fully fully versed on everything, nor am I trying to be. I'm not trying to be. I have God's word, right? But I am using this as an opportunity for me to be aware of where I'm at in my life because I live this way all the time, or I endeavor to live this way on a continual basis, looking for his coming. There are so many signs around us that Jesus is coming. Like I said, I don't know if it's this Saturday. I'm going to watch football, but I'm going to watch it with one eye open, right? Unless the Lord tells me not to watch football. I'm going to be watching this again. Florida State finally gets to play a game. I'm going to watch that game, right? But if I hear a trumpet, I'm going to be happy that the game goes on. All of Florida State will go, and the Miami Hurricanes will still be left on the field, right, Joey? So uh, God's team will be taken up, and and the Gators too, I guess. But uh, we know the Hurricanes will be left. But I mean, I will, I will, if it happens, great. But I know, you know, for me, like I said, there, I've heard stuff and I've read a few things about this, but it has not been something that, that has caused me to change what I'm doing. It's something that's caused me to evaluate where I'm at and making sure that my priorities are what they should be. And that's something that we should all be doing is evaluating where we are. Because the fact is it might be Saturday. It might be tonight. It might, we might not make it till Saturday. He may show before we get out of the building. And people say, well, you know, people have always talked about this and it hasn't happened. Yes, people have talked about it and it hasn't happened, but it will happen. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. And because people have gotten it wrong doesn't mean that changes the fact that he's coming back and we need to be ready when he shows. It might be next week. It might be in a month. It might be in 10 years. It might be the next generation. I don't know. Now, I personally firmly doubt that to be the case. Now, we read the things that, that, are, we're, that are happening. Now, I'll say this too. Every generation has seen signs that they think it was for them. I'm sure people have seen this consolation and thought that it was for them in times past. I'm, I'm sure that's happened. Now, I don't know, has they all come together like this on this particular day? I don't know. I'm not researching it. Please don't research it for me. I don't care. But generate people have thought this in the past. 
And I was thinking, you know, during World War II, people thought that God would, Jesus was coming, up, coming back because the Antichrist, you know, what was going on in Europe and the atrocities that he surely has got to come. This can't continue. What's happening around the world cannot continue. Surely Jesus will come back and stop this. How many know that, that, that that's not what happened? Jesus didn't return and stop the war. Now, he, God was involved in stopping the war. But the enemy was defeated that was causing these things. Hitler died. But people in past generations thought these things were going to happen in their lifetime. So we don't, want to base, we don't want to base our living based upon the signs, but we should be aware of what's going on and make sure that we're living with purpose. Now, I hope I've made it clear that I'm not saying it's going to happen. I will say I'm smart enough not to, make, to, to name a date because I also am smart enough to know that I don't know what that would be. And I'm all, but I'm also smart enough not make, to not make fun about things I don't know everything about. You know, I was thinking today, this afternoon about this, you know, what's, what is my hope about this? I would love for him to come back. I would love for Jesus to come back tonight. I would love it. It would be awesome. But same point, I'd love for him to wait too. At the same time, I'd like for him to wait as well because I realize there's stuff that still needs to be done. And can I be just perfectly transparent for a moment? I'd also like for him to give me some time to get some stuff straightened out. When I, when I stand before him, I want to make sure that I'm prepared to stand before him. And for me, when I hear about the Revelation 12 thing on this week or whatever, it makes me, it causes me to evaluate what, what will I have to present the Lord when, when that time comes? Where will my heart be? What will be going on? I want to be found busy working for him. I want to be found, I want, I want to be found about my father's business. I do personally believe that the rapture of the church will be the greatest testimony, last testimony of the church ever, that ever happened on the planet. All those people who believed in Jesus disappeared, it, there'll be revival. I believe people will be getting born again like crazy. Many will still harden their heart. But it'll be the last great statement of the church, our departure. So I'd like for it to happen, but I'd also like for it to wait. But you know, the truth is it's going to happen one way or another at some point, And we have the opportunity on this side to make sure we're ready for these things that take place. Now we talk about the, the return of the Lord, you know, uh, um, it's something that, that people get fearful about. There is no fear in this. In John chapter five, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. If you have been born again, if you've accepted Jesus as your savior, his return is not a frightening thing. You've passed from death into life, but it is a sobering thing to realize there are many who have not passed from death into life. It is a good thing for the believer. It is a good thing for us. Go with me over to Titus chapter 2. Titus, the second chapter. And really my point tonight is not talking about next week. And I hope you understand that. But my point is, 
how are we going to live our lives in the process before it comes, before he comes? It says in uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. All men. God is faithful, y'all. God is faithful. He is faithful. Teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Now, one thing that I'm, I'm keenly aware of, and I didn't start the clock to see when I started, but y'all bear with me. One thing I'm keenly aware of when you talk about these things, there are some people who aren't going to like it. But you know what? I've got a responsibility to, to him to talk about these things. He says, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. You know, our, we, we are to be exhorted about the coming of the Lord, but then also there is a part of rebuking about the coming of, Lord, of the Lord to us as well. To check how we live and to make sure that our lifestyles represent the price that was paid for us and align with what was done for us on the cross. You know, one of the things that troubles me at times, I see people that pray a prayer. They want salvation. They, I, I call it in the youth, I call it their fire insurance card. They want fire insurance. They pray a prayer, but uh, they take Jesus as their savior, but don't make Jesus their Lord. And there is a difference. I said there is a difference. You can make him your savior and not really lay your life down at his feet and make him Lord of your life. Now, as I talk tonight, you know, like I said, he is coming back, whether it's this week, tonight, next weekend, 10 years from now, no matter how much time it is, it's a short amount of time. Even if it's 80 years from now, it's a short amount of time. I don't believe it can be 80 years, but regardless, others have said that. I don't see how it's even possible. Other scripture we're not getting in tonight would make it highly unlikely. But as we go forward, it's important that we look at our life to make sure, are we approaching Christ? Are we living a life in relationship with him as Savior and saved or Lord? Someone who's laid their life down at his feet. I can't answer that question for you. I can't answer in my own life, and I'll be perfectly transparent. There are areas in my life that have been laid down to others I am laying down. Something that when I was in Bible school, they talked about, one of my instructors talked about a lot, and it's talked about being very transparent, and I've been always endeavored to do that. Uh, there are areas in my life that I still have to crucify, areas in my flesh I still have to put down, right? And for us to say there are not areas that's pride. Because I believe all of us have things now to different degrees that we are, we are, God is illuminating things in our life on a progressive basis. We can't handle everything all at once. It would be overwhelming to see all of our failures or shortcomings or where we don't make the mark of perfection. It would be overwhelming. And so as light is shed on those things, we have to make a decision to make adjustments in those areas. And I believe it's if, if we're pursuing him and making those adjustments, he's pleased that we're pursuing him and making those adjustments as he leads us. But the moment a wall goes up and says, you can't talk to me in this area, he's no longer Lord in that area of your life. 
And that is a, that is a dangerous thing. I believe it's, it's a, it's a, it's a scary place to be in where you put up a wall and say, in this area, it's not thy will be done. It's my will be done. And so it's something that, that, uh, uh, like I said, is a concerning thing to me when I look around and, and even as the Lord brings things up to my life, you've said no in this area this many times. And so I say, all right, Lord, I see this, especially when I, when I look around and see the fact that his coming could be at hand, I want to make sure I get these things right. And so tonight as I'm talking, I'm just asking you to, to, to be aware of where you are. As a minister, I personally would feel irresponsible to not to address some things to say some things that would, would affect our eternal situations or our, where we, where our standing is. How many know there is standing in heaven? We're all redeemed. We'll all, people who've been born again, we're all going to be in the same place, but there'll be different jobs, different assignments, different responsibilities, different honors and rewards given out based upon what we do here. Are you listening to me? It's not based upon it, yeah, there, there, is, there, there is a work side of our relationship. What do you do with the sacrifice he's made? And what do you do in response to the decision you made to serve him? Faith without works is dead. And so there is standing in heaven. There's position in heaven. In this room, we'll have people, I believe, people that are of a very elevated importance in heaven. Because of their faithfulness to obey God. And you think, well, that's talking about pastor. Pastor probably will be one of them. But it's also likely that somebody else might be higher than pastor. Higher than me. Seems like that's me, brother. <laughs> and he just lost a couple pieces off his crown, just fell off. Or maybe I just lost some for accusing of losing him. I don't know. But anyway. See, we judge things by the external so much. That's not how God judges things. That's not how he judges things. The best amen on a Sunday morning doesn't necessarily get the best result in heaven. This is not, you realize our walk with God is not a church thing. It's a life thing. I love that you're here on Sunday night and we've got a good crowd tonight. But you know, if you take that before the Lord as your badge of achievement, I showed up on Sunday night before you showed up. You know what that's going to get you? Not a whole lot. And he'll be pleased you were here. But if your heart behind even being there was to, cr- to notch, to check something off your list, that's your reward. It got checked off your list. It won't speak in eternity of you. Like I said, for me, you know, I think about it. I, I, there's things that, I'll be honest with you, there are times I think, when I, you know, Lord, am I going to, actually last night I'm out in the dry. I like to go outside late at night when all everybody's asleep and pray. It was really weird. I stepped on a millipede last night. It creeped me out. But anyway, it's not best to do that in the dark. I jumped my neighbor. We don't have many neighbors. I might have screamed like a girl. I don't know. But uh, like, what is it? Ah, because it bit me on the toe. But anyway, um, I like to go, <laughs> go out at night and pray. And, and I'll be honest with you, last night I was like, Lord, I want to, what am I going to, you know, am I going to, I want to bring you everything I'm supposed to bring you. I want my life to speak well of me. 
And, I'm, and I'll be honest, I was like, Lord, there's some of this stuff that I don't know is going to hold water. How many times have we done things in the name of the Lord, but our heart wasn't right in it? We did it. We've done things for him, but that somebody else would see us do it. Or because we felt pressured to do it. You know, a lot of times that's just nothing more than in your head. But he, he judges the intents and purposes of the heart. It's kind of, it's a little bit of a serious subject, right? But it's better to hear it now than hear it then and go in unaware, isn't it? Some of them that they talked about at camp this last year, you know, what if, uh, uh, what, I don't know how they said it, but what if this is your last praise you're going to get to offer? Would you be, can I ask you tonight, if tonight was your last worship as a congregation, would you be proud of it before the Lord? I mean, these, these, are, these are serious questions, aren't they? If, you're, if your attitude with your brother or sister in the Lord, if this was, if this was your last opportunity to interact with them, would, would you be proud of it before the Lord? Would it speak well of you? Making the most, I'm talking about making the most of our opportunities. Making the most of our opportunities. It's a good thing that Jesus is coming back, but we must live ready. Not run up our credit cards. But live ready. Live ready to see Jesus. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to happen Saturday night. It's interesting what's happening. It's very interesting. And it causes me to say, yep, let me do a check. Am I, am I, am I, about, am I about my father's business? So much of what we place importance on here is just not that important. They're good things. And God wants us to enjoy good things here. But not, let's not be consumed with those good things. I just wrote down some things that, well, let's look at Ephesians chapter five. Are you all, are you all all right? Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 15. There are so many warnings in scripture about these types of things. It's been my personal experience. People like to camp on the Fun stuff that makes you feel real good, but pass over the stuff that makes you have to check yourself. See then that you walk circumspectfully, carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We have to understand what God's, what God's will is. The message Bible that says, so watch your step, use your head, Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. The first thing I wrote down that I had on my heart tonight was stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with him. Stay in love with our father. I know that's kind of like a, a, a duh thing, but it is so easy to grow cold and complacent in your walk with God. It is so easy to grow comfortable in your walk with God that you lose that passion for him. In Revelation 3, it talks about the, the, the loveless church or, or the lukewarm church. That is not a place you want to be involved in. 
Read the scriptures on it. That's not something, that's not a place we want to be. He says, I know your works, but I'd rather you be hot or cold. Means they were doing things for the kingdom of God, but their love had grown cold or indifferent. They weren't opposed to him. They just weren't really passionate about him. The good news is, if he comes back Saturday night, you got six days to get madly in love with Jesus. Now you laugh, but what if you knew that was it? What would your next six days look like? Now one reason I believe why the Lord doesn't give us an an exact date is because people would wait till the very last second to get things right. And nothing would get finished. Nothing would get done. There'd be no reward for us in heaven. We'd have a robe of righteousness and that's about it. You think, well, what if he does come back tonight? It might, it, might, it might upset you a little bit, the thought that he's coming back and I don't have anything to show. You, every breath is an opportunity. The number one thing that's going to, the most important thing is your personal relationship with him. Your love for God. Your love for him. is going to be of the utmost importance to him. What was your heart towards him? And that's something that you can get adjusted tonight before you leave the building. You can actually do it right while these words are coming out of my mouth. If you've let compromise, if you've let lukewarmness, or if you've let offenses, somebody did you wrong and it's just gotten you all out of sorts, or whatever it is, cause you to withdraw from him, nothing is worth your relationship with him. Nothing is worth your relationship with him. Even if you're the source of your, of the problem, you've missed it so many times and you feel like a failure. Nothing is worse, worth. First on one nine, you confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive man. Deal with it and draw close to God. Deal with it and go after him. You've got an opportunity to do it. You've got an opportunity to respond to God. Stay in love with Jesus. Number two, stay in love with one another. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, the, the, the third chapter. We'll hurry here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 12 says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before the coming of God, of, uh, b- uh, before our God and the Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. That we would abound in love for one another and to all so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, how we interact with one another does affect your readiness to see him. I just know this. There are people in this room tonight that you've, you've been harboring ill will on. Maybe, maybe you don't like me. Deal with it, right? I mean, no matter who it is, deal with it. You want to hold anything there that there would be something that caused you not to be ready or have an, even an area of your life where you're not ready to see Jesus. 
our love for one another is, is, a, is, a, is such an important thing. We were reading early, earlier in Ephesians chapter 5 that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. It goes on to say in, in the very next verse, it says, uh, Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Stay full of the Spirit. You can't stay full of the Spirit when you're filling up on trash. There is so much trash that's out there. We all know it. There are all, it, it, it. And all of us can do better in this. Can start laying things at Jesus' feet. God does not cohabitate. Right? He's not going to share space with uncleanliness. Stay full of the Spirit. Stay full of the Spirit of God. Keep him. Keep close to the Spirit of God. He is your help after all. Stay close. We talked about, uh, I talked a few weeks ago about living by faith. Go through over to uh, Luke chapter 18, Luke the 18th chapter. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to hurry, I promise. Luke chapter 18. I have no idea how long I've been up here. Seems like an hour, I don't know. <laughs> Luke chapter 18. It's an interesting parable here. In the first verse, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them. Notice he, did, he spoke this par- parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That was the purpose behind this parable. The men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Verse 2 said, It's saying there was a certain city. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Nor was there a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me in my adver- in my, from my adversary. And he, would not for a, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow, widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming to me she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And, God sh- and, God, and shall God not avenge his own elect? who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find faith on the earth? That phrase just jumped out at me. Will he really find faith on the earth? You know, that's not talking about believing God for a new car, which that's a wonderful thing. That's living your life by what you believe. That's raising your kids according to what you believe to be true. That's handling your finances according to what you believe, the, what, what God says. That's, that's, a, that's, that's structuring your priorities based upon what you believe. Not what's convenient, but about why you, what you believe. You realize we have it so easy here? We have it so easy here. We really do. First world problems, our AC goes out. The power goes out. They're a place, they don't have any power. Never had. What, what are, you, are you living by faith? Or are you living by convenience? Yeah. When the Son of, Man's, Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Live by what you believe. 
Second Timothy chapter two, verse 20, it says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and honor, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Live right. Cleanse yourself of things that aren't, shouldn't be there. Go over to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 17 is Jesus answered and said, And blessed are you, son Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound on earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I put this one here. Be about the Father's business. Building the church. I'm not talking about just impact family church, but building the church. You do that by being involved here. But build the church reaching people. Be about your Father's business. What are we waiting for? There is no greater honor or responsibility than building the church. There's no greater or, 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 or honor or responsibility than building the church. The, in the book, Pastors Having Us Read, you know, I Believe in Visions. One of the first things, Brother Hagin saw, saw Jesus, he was holding a crown. It was the most beautiful crown. It was the soul winner's crown. There is a soul winner's crown that's available to us. Right? that not everybody's going to get. Fun message from Pastor Greg. Not everybody's going to get it. I want that crown. But how many know wanting it's not enough? I got to be it to get it. I just challenge you. There's not a better time than right now. I said, there's not a better time than right now. Like I said, I started this by talking about the Revelation 12, that he might come next week. Personally, I don't think he is. I could be wrong. I, I, I hope I'm not, and I hope I am. It's kind of weird. It's two sides of the mountain, right? But he could come tonight. He could come next month. I know this, there are people in this room that you're awaiting. There are people that, that, that are dear to you that you've waited to reach because you're afraid of their opinion. Or you're looking for the best opportunity. Get serious about believing God for them. Get serious about praying for them. Get serious about searching your heart. What would he have you to do? The only regret we'll have in this area is to get there and know we should have done something else. And you missed our opportunity with that one or with this one or with that one. Amy told me this week that, that Leslie, your, your parents just got born again. <laughs> Praise God, man, that is awesome. Man, that is awesome. If you have family that don't know them yet, don't give up. Don't quit. 
Don't be lazy about it. Believe God. Well, I, I, you know, I like them the way you may love them the way they are, but if they don't know Jesus, they're lost. Don't leave them there. Time is short. Now, the danger is I fear next, next people are going to now be all like watching Saturday. What's going to happen? When nothing happens, they're going to be like, oh, I can just go back to relax. And no, we, it could be the week after that. It could be the week after that. We don't have time to be lazy about these things. Let's be about the Father's business. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to Him coming. Revelation 22, 12 says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. The Amplified says, For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ. Ouch! So the, that's an ouch statement. We must all as appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motives have been and what he has achieved, been busy with and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Think about that. Think about that. Like I said, this might be, uh, you know, some may think that's kind of this kind of a heavy message tonight. It's what was on my heart. But regardless, this is not a bad thing. This is liberating to know that while we're here, we still have chance and opportunity to make adjustments in these areas. If you've never produced anything for the kingdom of God, you've got an opportunity to do so. If your love has grown cold, you've got an opportunity to light that fire. If you harbored ill will, even towards somebody who's not even around anymore, you've got an opportunity to let that thing go. Don't let anything get in the way. Don't let anything cause be, be a stumbling block to you. Don't let anything that be there that'll be revealed on that day. Deal with it. Get it straight. It's a, it's a huge opportunity. That's why these signs are there. Not for us to get all freaked out about, but to realize, so look, yes, he's coming. And whether it's this Saturday or not, he is coming soon. And I will be ready when he shows up. That's what these things are for. We don't need signs to believe, but we do sometimes need a sign as a reminder of what we believe and what we're doing. So let's take it and run with it. I personally hope we've got several more years. There's a lot we need to do, but I do know this, God is just. Whatever happens, he's just. And I won't question what he does because he's right on time every single time. He, it will be when it has to be. And it'll be the best opportunity that there is for his return. And what we've got coming is great. We're all going to look forward to it. It's going to be wonderful. There's no fear about it. But we still have an assignment. I was talking to somebody this, this last week. We were talking about something, you know, during the, 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 the tribulation. And, you know, we were just talking about, you know, people who get born again during that period. And, and they come to know the Lord. And they've got to that, those seven years to work for the Lord. And it, what a difficult time that'll be seven years. The person said, man, you can do anything for seven years. I said, you, I said I, he said, man, I can, I, I can do anything for seven years. Now, I thank God we're on this side of it. 
But if you're going to be here during that time, it may be rough, but I can do anything for seven years. What can you do for a week? What can you do for two weeks? What can you do for a month? If you knew it was only seven years before it was all over, I can do that. Well, just because it's open-ended, we don't know. Doesn't mean that it's not just as easy now. It's living one day at a time, one day at a time, one, one moment at a time, one decision at a time. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.